This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, Rabbi Wallstein, Pasha Yeshev. So here's the story. If you are on your lunch break and you're watching this, and you figure in 15 minutes you're going to turn it off and go to work, it's not going to happen. So whoever's listening and watching this year tonight, you need an hour, and you're not putting it down. So if you're like pulling into a meter, you're putting in one quarter for 15 minutes, and you figure then you're going to go back to work, put in a dollar. Um, we're going to learn some very big secrets in the Torah. Um, in the 18 years I'm giving this year, none of the things I'm saying tonight I ever said before. A lot of it's from the Eitzer Place, which is an unbelievable cipher. You have to get it. It's just an eye-opening cipher. It's written by Zev Wolf Zuchelman. We're not going to talk about Binyamin tonight. So let me talk a little bit about what happened this week in my life. So this girl came to see me. She's in a very, very from girls' school in Brooklyn. That's what I'm going to say. She decided... I think she has some friends in this little group that God doesn't exist. She decided. So, her parents decided, let's go to Rabbi Wallstein. Let's go to the videotape. So she came to me, and of course, you know, we know that uh, if you're coming from an environment that God exists, also you don't wake up in the morning and God doesn't exist. So, something going on that she wants to do, whatever. Okay. But anyway, should have... One of the interesting things, one of the signs of a intellectual is a very high forehead. And I said that to people. I said, like, you really look intelligent? How do you know? Because you have a high forehead. They're like, oh, come on, who said that? I said, Google it. And if you Google it, that's what it says. High forehead is a sign of... Anyway, this girl was high forehead, no high forehead. This girl was extremely intelligent. I have to tell you what happened. So she sits down, I'm like, come on, what, this is ridiculous, you're smart, you know that things just don't create themselves, like, that's ridiculous. So you'll tell me later why you're, why you, why you don't believe in God, not that you have questions, but why you, you know, because there must be a reason. But anyway, I said, well, you know what, you have questions, this time I'm not going to blow you out, I'm going to answer your questions. How do you know the Torah is true? How do you know that a man didn't write the Torah? Maybe Moshe wrote the Torah, right? How do you know Hashem wrote the Torah? How do you know there's Hashem? And all? Okay, I said, okay. I said, well, this past Shabbos, I came up with an answer that I never had before. So I always said over the Isha Torah, you know, the rabbi mechanic, he should be gazunt, his father should be gazunt, um, that it says there's only one animal in the world that was created with split hooves and doesn't chew its cud, and that's the pig. And if it was written by man, he would never put a a, a, a statement in the in the Torah that could be disproven. So Moshe Rabbeinu lived in the Middle East. He never got to Africa. He never got to the Amazon. He never got to the Galapagos. He never got throughout the world. So if he wrote the Torah, he just would leave that out. He would say, this is kosher. Split of the truth is because this is not kosher. Right? Why would you put in a statement which can be disproven? Because if they come up with an animal right now that 
has split hooves and doesn't chew its cut it's not a pig, I'm like, guys, shear's over. We're going to Burger King. Cheeseburgers. Because, right, so why would Moshe put such a thing? Now, don't cut out the tape. The Rewazi said we're going to Burger, we're going to Burger King. <laughs> Whoever's listening, do me a favor. Don't, don't do that because that's not what I'm saying. But if, if, if that wasn't true. So that's the proof that they all talk about. That's a big proof. Another proof they talk about. So you can say, well, he was a zoologist. You know, whatever. I'm going to tell you what she said. She's a really smart kid. And, I say, and the second proof that Rabbi, that he always spoke to me, sorry, mechanic, is there's fish. And the, and the Torah says, the Gemara says that there's no such thing as a fish that has scales. It doesn't have fins. So even you can tell me Moshe Rabbeinu was a zoologist, Right? But he definitely didn't see every fish under the water. We didn't see every fish under the water. And yet, there's never been a net that came out with fish under the water that had um, scales and, not, and had no fins. So this girl, first time I ever came across such a smart kid, she says, maybe he gambled. Maybe he gambled. Not that he gambled, Robert Wallstein, but he lived in his little world, Brilliant question. He lived in his little world, Moshe, whoever wrote it, whoever wrote it, lived in his little world, and he never saw an animal that had split hooves and didn't chew its cud except for a pig. So he said, he figured, if I've never saw it, right, there were people who thought at that point that the world was flat, not round. So he wrote it, thinking that, listen, I saw camels, and I saw everything in there, that, and the whole world is the Middle East. There is no... He didn't know about South America. Very smart. I wasn't ready for this. He didn't know about South America. He didn't know there was an America. He didn't know there was the Galapagos. He knew he lived in the Middle East. So in the Middle East, he never saw it. So he wrote in the Torah, whatever he wrote, he never saw it. Not a proof. And they went fishing. And all the fish they ever took out of of the, right, who wrote it, always had scales and fins. So he figured... This is my world. This is all I know. Must be that's the truth. I was like, whoa, I'm doing this for a long time. I said, but I'm sorry to tell you that because Hashem knew that you were coming this week and I wouldn't have an answer, Hashem loves you so much that He wanted you to have an answer that I was being, that when I was in shul, I was being mother to Sandra, I saw something that I even called Rabbi Mechanic to ask him, do you guys use this? Because this is amazing. I said, and I, in all the years I'm doing this, the, 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 the pig and the fish, I didn't have to go past that. But you're saying, hey, is a guy living in a small area, that's all he saw. I said, well. I said, but I'm going to pro- prove you God wrote the Torah. So last week's parsha, Rachel died, Rachel Emanuel dies. And it says in the Pasek, I have to read it to myself. Anyway, there's a, new, there's, a, there's a girl in the world that didn't believe last week in God and the Torah that does now. She was really smart. She is really smart. Let's go to last week's Pasha. How you doing, Rabbi? Good, 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 good. So we're in last week's Pasha. Does Rachel die? 
שישי? שישי. רבקז מנקס דייס. Oh, here it is. Okay. So this is what it says. You ready, guys? Put your cross to the side. The Yates of Yaakov, Matseva, Kvurasa, Yaakov built a Matseva on the burial place of Rachel. By the way, it brings down there were 12 stones on that Matseva. 12 stones. Everyone put in a stone, but Benjamin didn't. Yaakov did, plus 11 kids. Because Benjamin was too young. He just died. His mother just died. He was a day old. A day old, so he couldn't do anything. And that Yaakov's stone was on the top. He brings down that many, 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 many years later, there was a church in Bethlehem, and they took a stone from Kevorachol to put on their, in their church. And they, and they came the next morning, and it was, there was a hole there, and the stone was back on Kevorachol. And he did it a few times, yeah, he did it a few times, and they realized that they didn't want to mess with it. But anyway, this is what it says. My my sister that I just told you about. But Yatsev Yaakov Matseva for us. So he built the Matseva. You're gonna hear stuff tonight. Your mom's gonna fall off your chairs. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is like the wildest share, probably that I've ever given. Anyway, Matsevas Kivuras Rachel Anhayoim. The pasuk says that till today, and tomorrow if you read the Chumash, till today, and a, hundred, a thousand years ago, it says till today. So no matter what day it is. In a thousand years from now, the Torah says that Kevin Rachel is still Kevin Rachel with a monument on it. Now, how could anyone except God write a statement that every time you read this book it says until today, Kevin Rachel went through the Romans, the Greeks, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Arabs, the Christians, it's Bethlehem. Bethlehem belongs to the Christians, right? They never knocked it down. The Arabs have no connection to Rachel. She has, she's not Avraham Avinu. It's not the Mars There's no reason for them. They burnt Yosef's cover to the ground. There's no reason for this place to be. And the Torah says witness that whenever you're going to read me in 5,000 years, 4,000 years, it will be there. And if it's not there, the whole Torah is wrong. I said, now what do you have to say, little girl? said, I'll tell you one better. And last week, two weeks ago, Parsha, Yitzhak Avinu dug a bear, and they called it Bear Sheva. Same thing, the Pashik says, Bear Sheva until today changed names, like Greek names and Roman names and Palestinian names and all kinds of names. Still Bear Sheva. Now you think? Unbelievable. So, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah. It would be ridiculous for him to write on a kever, which is just stones, 
that whenever you're going to read this, it's still going to be there. He can't write such a thing. A human being can't write such a thing. How could you write such a thing? How do you know it's going to be there? What? So then there's a Hashem and there's a Taira. <laughs> she's going the other way. Some guy wrote it, made it up. It's makeup. So I said, you can tell me he made up the animals because that's all he knew. But how can he write that Kevin Rockle is going to be here in 5,000 years? A little teeny building. Everybody could destroy it. And it's, it's still here. So I called up Rabbi, anyway, and she, that was it. And I, Mamish, did not have this proof until Shabbos. And she came Sunday, Sunday, or Sunday night to my house, whatever. Not normal. Hashem gave me this answer. I'm teaching 30 years, 40 years, 40 years. 40 years. It didn't mean anything to me. Now it means a lot to me. That's Mamish. That God knows till the end of time. God's saying that Kevin Ruch will always be there. The Gemara says that the, the Kaisal will always be there till the end of time. And also they had many chances to knock the Kaisal down. But the Kaisal, you could say it's on the mount and the Arabs protect, you know what I mean? It's the holy mount. Well, Kevin Ruch, out in Bethlehem, Bethlehem is Christian. It's a Christian town and a Muslim town. There's no respect for Rachel Imenu. You know, she has nothing to do with the Goyim, and she has nothing, Christianity, she has nothing to do with Islam, that's for sure. It's because Hashem said, it's going to be there until the end of time. Beersheba, that's going to be the name of this place, this well, and that's going to be the name, and I don't care if it belongs to the Arabs, the English, the, the Palestine, nobody's changing that name. That you could say, oh, a person could write that New York will always be New York. It wasn't the Dutch or whatever, but but to write that a little teeny monument is going to be there through time, that's, that's got to be God. Well, nobody nobody by, can write that. What? By every other place that Yaakov named, it doesn't say Ariel. Doesn't say Ariel. Right, so. No, this is the Jafka, right? There's a few places in the Torah. There's Beersheba. There's this. There's something in Bereshit. What? There's Loyed. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that. In the Pasik? Yeah. Ad Hayyam is that? They said, well, but no one will know. Or Ad I. Let's see. That's the same thing. Yeah, but you can say, okay, nobody's going to find it. Maybe somebody who doesn't believe will tell you. Someone will tell you, you know why? They burnt him. So that's why you, that's why you know you'll never find it. That's not a. That's not a they cremated him. This is, what? It says Arayomazan, I don't think so. Shema Makam Beskel. I don't think it says Arayomazan. I don't know, you have to look, but I don't, I don't think it says that. It's a Rafa. There you can say, I, I, you won't know it because it doesn't exist. Yep. But that she wouldn't have accepted. Whoever wrote it, Threw him in the ocean or something, you know? I knew you wouldn't know. But this, it's a little monument. How could you write in the Torah that a little monument on, 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 there's so many graves in the world that don't exist anymore. They brought, they built, uh, in, in, in Europe, they have uh, malls on top of them. They have hotels on top of them. Yeah, Bethlehem didn't belong to us for a very long time. When they built a, a church on it. It would be a perfect place to build a church or a mosque, Hashem said. Out of going to be there. She quit arguing. She, I got her. And then we started talking, whatever. But that was, that was my... But I, I would not have... 
I would have been stuck on the other stuff. So, okay, he lived in a little place, right? So he made a statement in his belief. Ah, you never found it until then. He got lucky. He took a guess. There's an answer. Here there's no answer. There's no answer. Everybody, there's no answer. All these people and people telling you that atheists and all that, it's over. It's over. All the websites, girls and boys, over. All the guys that are off the derech that don't believe this, it's over. It's over. The Kevarachal is there. And don't go try to blow it up. It's there. And it's, it's not even an important detail. It's an unimportant detail. And the Torah tells the detail, is there today. And tomorrow, when you read the Chumash, it's on Ad Hayyam Azer. And a hundred years from now, it's, if someone's going to read the Chumash, it's Ad Hayyam Azer. It's it. You can't argue with that. So there is a God, and this is his Torah. So stop bouncing around and, and, and trying to make up stories over here. All the atheists, this is my message to you. Deal with what it says in the Pasuk. Last week's Pasha. I got so excited. Because when I saw it, I was like, wow. But okay, so, uh, and all of a sudden this kid walks in, I don't believe. I was like, whoa, Hashem, I love you. You prepared me before, you know, the, the, the answer before the question. All right, anyway, stuff like that excites me. What should I tell you? <laughs> you, you see Hashem's handy. He gave you the answer before the question. It's like huge. Okay, now, we're going to get into some interesting things. Oops. Very interesting things. All right. Let's start off with this week's parasha, the relationship between Yaakov Avinu and Yosef HaTzadik. Yisrael, Ahav is Yosef, Mikol Banov. Yisrael loved Yosef. Yaakov Avinu loved Yosef from all his children. Ki ben zikunim hulo, v'asa leikusenos pasim. So I had a question on this all my life. I still haven't found an answer, but I think I could answer it with this answer. So the question is, Yosef was not his Ben Zikunim. Who was his Ben Zikunim? Benyamin. Benyamin was the last child born. So Benyamin was the last child born. Who's his Ben Zikunim? Benyamin was his Ben Zikunim. So the puzzle doesn't make sense. The puzzle says he was the Ben Zikunim. He wasn't. The last kid is the Ben Zikunim. I was thinking to myself, Benyamin was too young. So we couldn't learn with him. Yaakov Avinu learned with Yosef for 17 years. Right? Benyamin was much younger. So even though he was his youngest, he didn't have a relationship. At this point, Yosef was the youngest relationship that he had. That's my answer. My answer is not as good as my question. Well, but that's... Rashi gives her answer. Yeah, that. Like he was very... He was Dimitra. He looked like uh, Yosef looked like Yaakov. But that's not Ben Sekunim. The Pashup Shah Ben Sekunim is the, the child that was born when I was very old. The child that was born when you were very old was Binyamin more than Yosef. Mm-hmm. The Pashup says, Vayah Alham is Yosef, not because he looked like him, because Bono, Ki Ben Zekunim Lo. Zekunim Lo. So I think the answer is that he didn't have a relationship yet with Binyamin. He's too young. He had just, you know, he went with Yosef 17 years, so he had a relationship. He was the youngest son that he had a relationship, that was, that he had an ongoing relationship <laughs> at this point. I think that's what the, what the Torah was trying to tell us. Anyway. Between, uh, I don't know. Yosef a while. A while. More than 17? 
No. No, because she died at childbirth. No. But he was younger. I don't know how many years he was younger. Whoever can figure that out, let me know. He was definitely younger. If he was 16, then we have a good kasha. But you see, there's no relationship. It doesn't say anywhere that he, he learnt with him. His relationship was when they wanted to take him to Mitzrayim as a little kid. But there doesn't seem to be a relationship here at this point. All right. Anyway, so listen to this. So this is what he says. He says, Hetivu teva b'bnei adam, the nature of a human, sha'av o'yev it's natural, tazayin, uh, tazayin, I don't know, maybe we'll bring it at the end who it is. He brings it from a lot of different psukim. The teva of a person is that a father loves his son. Like it says, kerachem of the sources in Tehillim, kerachem of Albanim. Upirish haradak, ain rachamim gedoylim, there's no bigger love or pity, rachamim, kerachamim of Alaben, that a father has for his son. Vishayrish harachamim hume ahava, it comes from love. As it says, Yisrael Ahav es Yosef. Shishtay? So. Vahaben, Ahav es Aviv, and a son loves his fathers. Ulam Atinu Dabba Nifla, place coming down. We see something amazing. Sha'av Ahav es Bina Yosef, Vimashah Ben Ahav es Aviv, that a father loves his son much more than his son loves his father. And Wavuya Bekamah Bekamah Bechazal. He brings it from a Gemara in Sanhedrin. A Gemara in Sanhedrin, if a father comes in the middle of the night and he's creeping into his son's house like a Ganath, right? In a, in a, in a, what do they call those underground things? In a tunnel, coming through a tunnel, right? And he's, he's coming into his son's house. The son can't kill the father, right? He might be coming to kill his, him and his whole family. Why? Because the roiv of parents, fathers, have pity on their children. They're not coming to kill them. But, she's not coming to hurt someone. The only time you can kill him in Kishemesh, if it's clear to you like the son, that he's coming to hurt your family. Then you can kill him. But if you just, he's just coming, through a dark tunnel, and right in the middle of the night, it's your father, he's not coming to kill you. But, if somebody's son is coming through a tunnel, in the middle of the night, the father allowed to kill him. That the love of a son to his father is not as much as the love of his father to his son. Being that he's coming secretly through a tunnel, he can get up and kill him before he kills you. You hear? Okay, then he says something mind-boggling. Why is that? Why does a father have more love for his his 
children, then children have love for their parents. And we know that the mitzvah of kivit of the aim is because naturally they won't do kivit of the aim. So the Torah had to give a mitzvah. There's no mitzvah in the Torah that a father has to honor or love his son. There's no such mitzvah. Because naturally that's what they are, they do. But a child doesn't naturally love their parents. And therefore the Torah has to give you a mitzvah in kivit of the aim. It's in my book in kivit of the aim. What's the what? What's the, what's the, why, why would there be a chiyah for a father to love his son? Why not? Why would that? He should abuse his child. He should hit him. He should hurt him. It's not a mitzvah to love your children. It's not. It's not a mitzvah to love your children because it's natural. Now, good question. You could ask me, why, Rebbe? Why is it natural that a father loves his child more than a child loves his father? And we know that's the fact. Father gives himself. The reason, chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, should never happen, should never happen, should never happen. The reason that a father sits shiva for a child only 30 days, and a child sits shiva for his father and mother for a year, is because, and the same thing with a wife, a husband only sits 30 days, not a year, because a person who loses a wife, every night he comes home, the bed next to him is empty, right? He doesn't need a reminder. He doesn't have to say Kaddish. He knows he lost his wife. A parent, nebuch, nebuch, who loses his child has a void that every single night he's sabrachin. There's no, you don't say Kaddish for a whole year because you don't need Kaddish to remind you. But a child who loses a parent... If you don't make him say Kaddish for a year, slowly but surely he gets busy. He's got kids. He's got family. He's got work. So he has a picture of his parents, you know. But if we don't tell him, we don't make him say Kaddish, he's going to forget them. That's the reason. What? Brother and sister, you also forget pretty quick, and it's only a month also. It's only 30 days. I don't don't think you forget so fast. It's also very uh, interesting. It's a different void for sure. Brother and sister are closer than a parent and a child, from the child's point of view, if, if it's the right relationship. So, this is what he says, it's a mind-boggling tarets. Why do parents love their children more than children love their parents? And here's his answer. Hatam, lama, ve'emes, avas ha'av, libnoi. A, a child, a father's love for his son, is much stronger. Is brought in the sefer called Tosfos Bracha in Parshas Yisro, and he says the following: Adam Arishon didn't have a father. He wasn't born from a parent. He was created from the ground. He didn't have those feelings of a child's love for his father. He didn't have a father. His father was the dirt. It's not in his nature. The, the love of a child to a parent, because Adam and had no parents. So when they were created in their teva, in their teva they had no parents, therefore they had no love for a parent. I will him, but children, how you like Adam Harishon? Adam Harishon had children, right? 
So in his teva and his nature, as Adam and Chava, they had love for their children. They had children, but they didn't have a parent. So in their teva, they had love for children. They didn't have love for a parent, because they didn't have a parent. And therefore, he says, that's why the teva, the nature of a parent, is to love their child more than their child loves them. Oh, do we see it. Oh, do we see it in this generation, my friends. Oh, do we see it in this generation. There's no comparison. Parents are, parents are happy, just don't give me aggravation. Don't give me love. Don't, 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 don't aggravate me. That's, let me know how I find. I don't know how many, how many kids will take a bullet for their parents. But every parent will take a bullet for their kids without even thinking. Maybe there's some kids that would, but very few. Not a teva. Not a teva. Of them didn't have a parent. Hear what he's saying here? No, you would think. So he says like this. I don't want you to take a picture. Why don't we see that there's a mitzvah in the Torah that you have to teach your children Torah and you have to support them? Yes, the Gemara Kedushin says that you have to teach your children um, how to make a living, how to swim. Right? Those are the things they have to... Right? But in Torah, the Sabbath doesn't say this. But children have a mitzvah It's normal for a father to love his children. We don't have to be commanded. But the love of a son to a father, it's not in his teva. That's why you have a mitzvah. There's a machoikas if a father loves his child more than himself. If a parent loves their child more than themselves. Machoikas between Rabbi Akiva and Ben Azai in the Medrash Rabbah. Rabbi Akiva says that a father loves himself more than his child. Ben Azai says no. A parent loves of his child more than his own body. You 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 take a bullet from him. Oh, that's what it means. I'll die for my child. So my child's more important than my life. His life is more important than my life. That's what Ben is saying. If someone came and pointed a gun I said, one of you has got to go. And they, the Germans did it a lot, the Nazis. They used to do that to the kids. And then the father would step up and take the bullet. That's what Benazai says. All right. Now let's talk about the Xenus Possum. Never spoke about the Xenus Possum. The multicolored Joseph's coat. What's the deal with this? Tefsein is passing. Caused a lot of trouble here, right? What was it? Where did it come from? Why did he make it? Was it Adam's coat? Machlekes. So that's what we're going to talk about. So he says, How could it be 
that the brothers shift a car with jealous of a nice coat. Big deal, it's a coat, right? So he says, in the Targum Yoshalmi, in Parashat Vayichi, Shi Yaakov Nassan li Yosef is Ksenes Ha'ar, Sha'asa Kashbachul Adam Harishan. Adam Harishan, Nimrod took it. Esav took it. Yaakov took it. And now Yaakov gave it to Yosef. This was very chashiv in the eyes of the brothers, and they felt, why should the young, why should Yosef, who's not the oldest, right, why should he get it? So he got that. Now, the fascinating point here is that when they came in this week's parsha to be Menachem Avol Yaakov, it says, He didn't accept their Nechama. Why didn't he accept their Nechama? So my whole, my territory is, Vayimayin, Vayimayin. No. Unbelievable. Why didn't he accept their Nechama? Yaakov said, Guys, you can't fool me. Because I gave Yosef the Kosnas R that Hashem made for Adam. And one of the things about the Kasnas R that we made for Adam is that no animal would mess with anyone wearing it. In fact, the Medrash says that Noah used to wear it when he fed the animals and he forgot when he fed the lion and he kicked him, he bit him, whatever he did. So you're coming and telling me the coat itself is ripped. Which means, it's beautiful, which means that he was wearing it because the animal wouldn't rip it if it's laying on the floor. You're, tell, you're telling me, look, the coat is ripped and it's full of blood. If the coat is ripped and full of blood, it can't be an animal because it protected everyone who wore it from animals. He brings it down from, uh, he brings it down by Yemar'en, it's not going to, the machine a pick of the Revelosa. To pick at the Revelosa, should be shush how you love us, Adam Hakshanis are when the Adam was wearing Shanis are, how you call it behind a chayva oif, one knife in front of all the animals bowed down to him. That's what it says, right? That's why he didn't believe. That Yaakov should think that a chayra ate him. Yaakov be the law of Shari Yoda, so you search, it's a possum. Should be shush, you love us, Adam Pegadzeh, call behind a chayra oif, used to bow down. Eof shush, a chayra yachato. He said, therefore, it's impossible that a wild animal ate him. That's why he said, I don't believe you. So then what? Because then why did the brothers, if the brothers knew that, then why did they pull that skin? They didn't know that. But if, why were they jealous of it then? No, they knew it was a special coat. coat. But they didn't know it protected the guy from wild animal. So they didn't know it was from other militia. Well, maybe they did, but they didn't know this magic. They didn't know that it protected someone from wild animal. So that was like the worst thing they could have done. To bring the sinus, because if he was wearing the sinus, they couldn't have hurt him. Why did Yaakov say that this is going to happen? So it's funny because Yaakov said Torah Torah Yosef. So it could be that Yaakov was just saying like, no, that 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 if you're bringing me this, there's something going on here. Something happened. You're trying to fool me. So something happened. He believed something happened, but he didn't know what. 
Right. So that's why he wasn't and I'll tell you what happened. Listen to this. It doesn't, uh, I'm not done. I'm not done. So, so he asked them. It's a crazy story. A, talk, a talking wolf. A talking fox. There's a, there's a few reasons he didn't believe it. I'll tell you. There's another reason he didn't believe it. No, because he did Leviah. He walked, it says that a person who walks three steps with a person who's leaving is protected from any Hezek. I'm going to read it from inside. So he walked Yosef a long time. He, so according he to the... Believed that something happened to him. He, he believed that something was up that... He, he something was very not... He believed that something was very not kosher. And he's not going to see his kid again, but they're to, they're, they did something. Because he said it's impossible. All the stories that you're telling me is not true. There is a true story and my son ain't here. So he must have had some suspicion that something something was going on with these guys. The Shvatim. What? Yeah, so they didn't bring out a werewolf. No, they brought out a fox. Hold on, I'll tell you in a minute. Right, right, right. I'll read it to you again. Hold on. But you see, he walked him. He says over here, Yaakov... Hold on. When you walk someone... Here... Yaakov Yino Ki Mitzvah Leviah. The the Cheskeni in the Bali Teufis that's came Bali Teufis says Kasher Shalach Yaakov is Yosef Mishchutz Ki Mitzvah Mitzvah Leviah. Kamoish Mikhail Oirch that he did for he did for any Oirch that came, and it says, and it says they walked a long way and they came to a mountain, and Yosef said, you know, you don't have to go over here. Go back home. Kiloi v'yemayin l'snachem. He didn't believe them. Kiloi hamen shibinah yosef shahalach b'shichusai. It can't be. He was first of all shliach mitzvah. He was sent. He gave him a mitzvah to go look and see how his brothers were doing. And shliach mitzvah enu nezaken. So the whole thing was like, this is not. This is not adding up here. Even though it says when even shliach mitzvah, if you send him into a dangerous place. Right, he could be Nizakin. So you could say they sent him to his brothers who hated him. He said, Since he walked him, and it says the Gemara in Saita, Amarab Yehud Amarab, call him Aba Amos. Anybody who walks with his friend when he leaves eight feet, four Amos, but here and on Nizak, he definitely will not get hurt. He didn't believe them. And he didn't accept their Tachlunim. How did he get hurt? That was after he did a shlichus. He got there, he saw them. It was after the shlichus. The Sefer Ayasha. It's an unbelievable story. When they brought it dipped in blood. This is the this is the jacket of my son, and a wild animal ate him. Tiva Yaakov Levanov, he said, "Go out into the field." Bring me the first wild animal you find. Maybe that's the one that ripped that killed my son. Remember, they took off his 
Shana's possible before they threw him into the pit. Because they threw him in the pit with Shana's possible, the scorpions and snakes couldn't bother him. So maybe they did know. So maybe they made a big mistake over here. With Masha, they did know that it would protect him. You know, they, they took it off him because they knew that proof that Yosef was dead. They didn't know they hurt the snakes. Oh, that could be. They knew right. this, this absolute proof that Yosef was dead. This will, this will be, we're going to take this home. Right, that'll. proof that Yosef is no longer here. Okay, so we asked the Shvatim Yaakov. They went looking for the animal, even though they knew there was no animal because they did it. But their father told them to go look for an animal. They knew there was no animal. They took their swords and they took their bows and arrows. And there's a wolf coming to meet them. Tafshu, they grabbed him. They brought him to Yaakov. And they said to Yaakov, This is the first wild animal before. We found, we bring him to you. Yaakov took the wolf from them. He screamed at him. With a loud voice, crying with my and a bitter heart. Why did you eat my son? He's talking to an animal. He said, You're not scared of God? You ate my son? You're not scared of God? And you're not scared of the pain you're putting me through? You just ate him for no reason? Sounds like the animal has Bechil. Who said he has Bechil? This is a discussion with an animal. But Yiftach Hashem is Piazev. Hashem opened up the mouth of the wolf. Kidei Lenachem is Yaakov Bidvarov. To answer him. To be Menachem Yaakov, that he shouldn't be in so much pain. Hashem made a miracle, made an animal speak. This is not the donkey of, of Bilam that was created by Hashemash. This was done with Fishata now. So he said, Chayalokim Hashibarani Aretz. In the name of God, who created the land, in the name of your soul, my master, I never saw your son. I never ripped him up. I'm coming from a very far away place. I'm also looking for my son. I'm looking for my son. I'm already going 12 days. I don't know where he is. In Mace, he's dead. In Chai, he's alive. I came into the field today to look for my son. And your guys came and they grabbed me. And they brought me to you. And I'm telling you what I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And you're a human being. Because you're a human being, you have a chira. Because you have a chira, you can do whatever you want with me. I just swearing to you, Hashem's name. I never saw your son. I didn't rip him up. And I want you to know that I've never eaten human flesh. So it's not my thing. I'm a wolf, but I, n- I never ate human flesh. When Yaakov heard this, the words of this wolf, he was very shocked. The wolf is talking to him. It's pretty shocking. You let him go. This, what? I guess so. Well, he screamed at him. He didn't ask him a question. He didn't know he was going to talk. He screamed at him. What'd you do? He wasn't. He wasn't asking him a question. He didn't say, "Did you eat my son?" 
Did you eat my son? How could you do this? Then he answered. He didn't expect him to answer. And this come from the Sefer Yasha. That's been Yama. That's a whole different story. That this was a werewolf? How could it talk? Is that the way we know that the only creature that created the only animal to talk was the donkey? So how could that wolf talk? Because it was a werewolf. Let's see. Could it turn into human. And how? We don't want to make. We don't want everyone to be crazy. We don't want to make everyone crazy. Yaakov had a calming effect that affected the humans. Yaakov. Oh, good memory. Frank the Ritva. Good memory. Thank you. If it's true, what you're saying here, that a wolf was talking to Yaakov, why isn't it in Sharanisim Shinrubeir Shabbos? The Pia Asan was created, how come it's not in there? Lefish Shikra Hiskiru Pia Asan. Right? Who Abel Cholayot? He said, maybe. Mashivesi became a kind of a board in many places. In the name of Rabbeinu Ephraim, who was a Rishon, Sheesh Bene Adam, there are people, actually, eat them certain times. They turn into a werewolf. They talk from Bene Adam and they rip people apart. He wasn't a regular wolf. He was a werewolf. It wasn't a chish that he spoke. And therefore only Lushar for that moment he turned into a Zeb. So therefore, he, it, it wasn't something that had to be created new. He was a human with wolf-like tendencies. Like he t- said about Benyamin. I told you not to put only one quarter in the meter. I wasn't kidding. All right. You hear what's going on here? Slebedic. Slebedic. Let's go by the... Go right. Uh, okay. This we said last year. They're going to remember this. Why Yosef was was looking in the mirror and stuff like that? Because he was he was created in the womb of 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 no no he was created. No. Leah had a boy, which was Yosef, right? And and Rachel had a girl, and. Leah Davin, and they switched. So, Dina ended up in Leah, whose womb was for a male. Because Leah was carrying a male, the seventh Shevet. Her seventh Shevet. So she went out to Shechem because she had a male type of thing of going out of the house. Yosef was created in Leah, right? But ended up in Dina, and Dina was carrying, uh, I mean, Rachel, and Rachel was carrying Dina. So he he was brought up in a female womb. Therefore, he was brushing his hair. He looked in the mirror. Yeah, you didn't know that you weren't here last year. How could it be that Yosef Atzadik was busy combing his hair, and he liked to look nice, and he looked in the mirror? That's the way of a woman. Guys don't do that. Why is he going the way of women? Because Dina and Yosef were switched around when the pregnancies. He had the teva of a woman. Dina had teva of a zocha. Flipped them around. Okay. That we learned last year. Now. The Sifte Kayan 
says that Yosef HaTzadik, okay, let me just tell you something else, something else that's crazy fascinating. How could it be that Yosef told his father that he saw his brothers eating Eber Menachai? Eber Menachai means you don't shech the animal, you just pull it apart and you eat it without shechita. Yeah, but that was, it wasn't a baby; it was a regular sized animal. And he also came back and said that that he didn't treat he didn't treat the 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 maid servants to Zilpa's children correctly. You have to understand this was the shvatim. So we learned an unbelievable lesson here in not judging someone else until you know. So he says the following: the the six sons of Leah, Yaakov gave them the Sefer Yetzirah. The Sefer Yetzirah that Avraham Avinu wrote, how to create things, they had. He didn't give it to Yosef, he was too young, and he didn't give it to the four children of the maidservants because they weren't Kaddish enough to have the Sefer, to do the Sefer Yetzirah. So it, he brings down over here that Erev Shabbos, it was Erev Shabbos, very late, and they couldn't shech the animal, salt it, and take out all the veins, so they realized it was very late, but they had to have meat for Shabbos. So they used the the Sefi Yitzir to create an animal. But an animal that's created by Sefi Yitzir doesn't need shechita, doesn't need anything. So that's what he saw. But he didn't know that to create the animal through the Sefi Yitzir. At the same time, the four Shvachos said, Hey, we also want to create. And the six Shvachos said to them, Yeah, my father didn't give that to you because you're from Shvachos. And you have to be on a crazy dick of Kedusha to do the Sefi Yitzira. Yosef's hearing, oh, because you're from Shvachos? So he took that to mean that they were belittling. What he heard was they were belittling, and that he, they took back to his father also. What? Yeah, that's what happens when you only hear part of the conversation. <laughs> so he didn't have the... But, but, Yosef knew how to create a... how to, how to summon a Shindalad. So... Potiphar's wife, is, this happened a few times. Sari Menu created a shin, a shin dollar can look like anybody in the world. They're called changelings. They have the power to look like anyone. The only thing they can't change is their feet. Their feet are duck, are web duck feet. So if you see someone by the pool, a guy by the pool with duck feet, run. Because that's the one thing they can't change. So Sari Menu with certain shamus, with Majbia controlled the Shindalid, and the 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 night that she was with Avi Melech, it was it wasn't her. It was a Shindalid. Esther Hamalka, when she had to go into the king, and she knew once he puts the scepter down, where that's going to go. So it wasn't her. She created a Shindalid. So the question is, Yosef, you're a tzaddik. Potiphar's wife is 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 is, is, is bothering you. So create a Shindalid that looks like you. No, that's that's that's, that's, that's not there. That's being mashbia. You're not creating. You're mashbia. You control that. Mm-hmm. There are people that can do it today. The bad people can do it today. So he says, I don't understand. Why didn't he do? Why didn't Why didn't Yosef do that? All right, I'll tell you crazy stories. Why? No, they can be mashbia shade. They can have shade and working for them. They give. They tell you things in the future and stuff like that. That's what they use. Whatever they use, they use. They use. They use it. They use it. But there's a price to pay. No, shade, shindal, no. I'm saying it's more to do the shtick. It's, it's very dangerous. Machluf Lasri, who was my Makobo for many years, I was very close to him, 
was mashpia malachim, um, and he had malachim working for him, but he paid a big price. He had cancer in his mouth from using those words. You don't play with malachim. They don't want to be bothered by humans. There's a price to pay. He paid a price. But he was unbelievable. He was a big tzaddik. He was a goggle. He was, he was amazing. But he was mashpia. What? Yeah, so there's still people that know how. Who are It's just, you have to say certain words, whatever it is. But that's the Kaddishtika side. They don't want to be bothered. If you use the Shindalit side, you're gonna, there's a big price to pay. They own you. You sell your soul to them. Anyway. So the question is, why didn't Joseph do it? So the answer is, he did. But she caught him. Because she was a bigger sorcerer than he ever would be. So she's like, what are you, what are you doing? You sent me a Shindalit? She got, she knew exactly what he was doing. He says, the Sifse Kayan Alatayo cost a double pella. She Yosef is be a shade. Yosef controlled the Shindalid. Echach Yabba Vishka me Eshit Potifa Tachtov. Somebody who should take his place and be with Eshit Potifa. Kamash Asa Sara, like Sara did, or wasn't Abimel, it was, it was Paro. Shiknis Ima Shida Leparo. She brought in a shade that looked like her to Paro. Vachain Esalachashverish. Like it says in the Zoya Pashaki Seise. She was a witch. She knew that that ain't you. That's a shade. You think you're gonna mess with me? maybe shade. You brought me a shindalin. You think I don't know what you did? Any right to I only want you. Ten measurements of magic. Witchcraft came to the world. Nine of them were in Mitzrayim. They were the biggest in witchcraft in those days. So she caught him. She knew exactly what was going on. What? He said, the Mestavish was able to see through it. But the Chidot says that she, Chidot says she was, she was, she was a crazy sorceress. There's another thing. What, that's one thing. The Arish Dvash says, no, she didn't catch him. He didn't, he wasn't much be a Shay because, because, no, if, if, let's say she didn't catch him, the whole world will be saying that Yosef slept with her. Right? Because I would think you know, he would be a big Shalashem. Shalashem. That's why he said, I'm not, I'm going to have to fight this on my own. So what about Esther and Sarah? Wasn't Shalashem. Esther was Esther. Esther was Esther. Kings. She was the king's wife, king, the princess. Here, he, he, he's, he's sleeping with a married woman. Sarah didn't do anything wrong. The king took her. He's doing a big Avera. He's, he, he, he wasn't forced. She said Fatima took him also. No, she, she didn't take forced. No, he was seduced. He, he was not forced. She didn't force. She wasn't a queen. She was No, 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 no. No. No, she wanted to kill him. Not at all. She wanted to take him to Gehenna. He says a story like this. This time? Yep. Ever hear of the Lavush? Yep. Okay. Listen to this. He says the story of the Lavush was like this. When he was young. This Nasser bin Isayin Gadol, he was tested in a big test. He came for some reason to the Duchess to sell her, I guess he sold jewelry, whatever he sold. 
Umachmas Yafya, because he was so good looking, the Ta'aroi had he had a beautiful stature and a beautiful look. Fem the Isa, she wanted him. He had nowhere to run from her. She locked all the doors and all the gates. The only way for him to get out, there was a hole underneath the toilet through the sewer system. He could only get out through the sewer system. He said, okay, give me a minute. She was trying to seduce him. And I need to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And he went to the basic He squeezed himself through the sewer. And he was a filthy place. All the clothing he was wearing, and I guess he got dressed very well. The tin of he became full of dew, all the dew. He went into the sewer until his neck. That's how he got out. He went through the system. We need some Nisan Naira, and he was saved from this terrible Nisan. When he got out finally, and he got through this test, he lifted his hands to heaven, the Tfila with a prayer. He prayed that the next ten generations, the that come out of me, you will cool them and they should all be ugly. that the people shouldn't look at us, and because he was good looking, that's how he got into trouble. We shouldn't fall into a test because we're good looking. You hear? Even the girls? That's what he said. Now, there's a famous Rebbe that, um, some of his, some of his generations after him came to me for tzedakah. There, he he was also went through something because of a lot of money, and he said, um, He said, "All the generations that come out of me should always be poor," and they are. Yeah, the life for family comes from the life for family comes from Melimelech. That's what he said. When they come to me to ask for help, they tell me, <laughs> my great-great-grandfather cursed me. <laughs> Not cursed me, but whatever. We should never have that, should never have that test. So that night he went to sleep, and in his dream, because you were able to stand up in this test, that you saved your life by making dirty all your clothing. Hashem said, I'm going to give you new, like new clothing, but the clothing I'm going to give you is the understanding of the Torah. It's clothing from Shemayim. He got, he woke up the next morning, he had Ruach HaKodesh. And he wrote a lot of different Svarim. It's, it's Alright, I have a lot more. A lot more, but it's late. I just want to end. I have a lot more. We'll learn at Mitzvah next week. It's, we have to learn through this whole thing. It's not normal. Um, there's two things I want to, there's two things I want to just jump on and we'll let you go. Two amazing things. Number one, a story of Akar Satayv. When, when, um, when Yosef said he didn't do anything, and Potiphar 
Latifa wanted to kill Yosef because he messed with his wife. Um, what she did, right, she was a real sorceress and she was very smart. What she did to prove, to prove um, that he did it, she took the, the a raw egg and she took the white of the egg and she put it on the bed and she said, here, you see, we did something. The Chachamim of the, there's a Gemara on this, by the way. The Chachamim, the, the, not the Chachamim, the priests said, we're not sure it's what, what she says it is. It may be the white of an egg, it may be nothing, maybe she planted the whole thing. So they candled it. They put a fire underneath it. If it's one thing, it melts, sort of. It, it, if it's one thing, it hardens. And if it's one thing, it becomes even softer. And when they candled it, it was, they realized it was from an egg. So they told Putifa, listen, I don't know what happened here, but that ain't, that's not, that was planted. That's not what you think it is. They saved Yosef's life. And he had a curse of So, at the end of Vayechi, um, or Vayish Vayechi, when everybody sold their lands and sold everything to get food, he said, and they put a tax on the whole Mitzrayim, he said, the priests, no tax. You don't have to pay for their food. Because they saved my life. Curse of Yosef had a curse of But what he did not realize is that by having our Karasatayv, when the Levim came down with Yaakov, the Levim, they were priests. They were considered the priests. And there was a law in the triumph from Yosef, because the priest saved his life, that priests don't have to pay taxes, and priests are fed. They don't have to, they don't have to, they get their food for free. So Shevet Levi, the whole 210 years in the triumph were not in Shibu. They were able to teach Klayosol Torah. The whole reason that Shevet Levi wasn't in Shibud was because that Yosef had a karasat tov. He never knew that was going to happen. He had a karasat tov to the priests. So that was, he should, because he had a karasat tov, he wrote that law. That law stayed for the whole, the whole time. And that's what saved us. Because Shevet Levi was the one who taught us. So a karasat tov to Goyim. In the end, saved Shevet Levi. Saved the whole Klayosol. She never, never had to do any work. Never had to pay any taxes. Number one, the power of Akros and how far it goes. But even bigger. Crazy chizik for anyone who's going through any trauma. I have to read it to you from inside. It's not normal. I have to read it to you. So when this whole thing broke... Potiphar wanted to kill Yosef because his name, his wife saying that he accosted her, he can't just sit there. He's going to hang him. He's going to hang him. I have to read these insights. It's not normal. So in the Medrash Avakir, in the Yalkut Shimoni, it says, Potiphar Yosef. Because he attacked his wife. Who saved Yosef? Who saved Yosef? Who told him, I know, I was there? It's not true. Who was the only one left in the house? It was Yosef, Potiphar's wife. They all went to that birthday party, Paro's birthday party. Who else was in the house? One little girl. Her name was Asnas. 
until his daughter, because he adopted her, came secretly. She swore. And she told him the truth. I was there. This never happened. Your wife went after him. He didn't go after your wife. He ran out. The whole thing that she has here is not true. And it was Potiphar's daughter. He trusted her. So, the simple Emma, so Omaha Kodesh Baruch Hashem said, Hoyo, since she salted Yosef, you just saved Yosef's life. Because if Yosef died, there's no Ephraim and Menashe, there's no saving the world, there's nothing. Chayecha, I promise you, Hashem said to Asnas, Shashvatim Shani Mabin Mimenu, the Shvatim that are going to come out of Yosef, Ephraim and Menashe, Mashiach ben Yosef, that's going to come out of him, because you saved his life, they're going to come through you. The rape of Dina by Shechem created a child named Asnas. In the end, this child saved Yosef HaTzadik, who saved the whole world. Had she not gone to Potiphar, they would have hung Yosef. There would have been no food in the world, the whole world would have starved. So a person coming from such a terrible place and such a terrible story in the end stands up and saves Yosef, which ends up saving the world, which ends up creating and bringing to the world Mashiach ben Yosef. So no matter what you go through in your life, no matter where you're coming from, no matter what your struggle is, if Asnas, where she came from, a terrible situation from a guy... Shem was the father, a terrible situation, ended up the one that told Potiphar the truth. Everybody has a chance, no matter what you go through, to save the world. Here's an example in the Torah. That's one. The next is they brought Yosef in front of Paro. This is just brilliant. They brought Yosef in front of Paro, that Paro has to give the Verdict of, do we hang this guy or don't we hang this guy? Ubo Malach Gabriel, Hashem sent down the Malach Gabriel, Bidmus Ish. He looked like a human. And he said to Paro, I would like to help you with this judgment of, did he do it or not? He said, that's what she said to Achishverosh, by the way, the same, if it's okay with you, why don't you check the clothing? But God them show me, Nikru, which one of their clothing was ripped? His or hers? In big day if her clothing is ripped. So therefore, that means she wanted to run away and he grabbed her. So it means that Yosef tried to grab her, she tried to get away, and he grabbed her to force himself on her. In big day Yosef Nikram, but if his clothing is ripped, means that he tried to run away. And she grabbed his clothing. But lived like big day him. So the king said, you know what? Let me see his clothing. Let me see her clothing. He saw that Yosef's clothing was ripped. When he realized, the king power realized, he's a tzaddik. So why do you throw him in jail? It was just the opposite. It was Aisha's Potiphar that forced herself on Yosef. 
That's why he was thrown into the dungeon and he didn't kill him. We call Malcolm Loy Patrumiyat. He couldn't let him out. He had to do something. He couldn't embarrass Potiphar that she was unsuggestive because Potiphar was one of his ministers. So Kushbahu sent Gabriel to, to, to down to show Paro that it wasn't him. And I managed to just touch it. Because of her. It's worth down in a measure. I think she came to jail every day. She didn't give up. She said, you want to get out of jail? You have to be with me. They don't, the HR doesn't give up. This was, according to the Chida, this was the war of the worlds. Yosef is the Yisoyed, the foundation of Tahara, of, of, of purity and, and cleanliness. And she, if she could, if he would have done the Avera, the world would have been destroyed. She, he was a Gilgal of Adam. He was a Gilgal of Adam and she was a Gilgal of the wife of the, of the Satan. And the Chidot says that because she was able to do it, she was the most beautiful world, beautiful woman ever, ever created, ever in the world. And she was gonna make him sin and that would have been the end of the world. She had to break the sight, that's what she was trying to break. And what had saved Joseph's life? He looked in the mirror and he saw his father because he looked exactly like his father. He didn't see his father. He saw himself. He saw himself, but he looked exactly like his father. That's what saved him. Because at the end of the day, I wish kids today would realize that they're B'nai Yisrael. Look in the reflection of who you are. You are the child of Hashem, first of all. But outside of that, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, all the people that came out of the Holocaust and didn't give up and said, we gotta, we gotta do, you know, keep Terry Mitzvahs and we have to rebring. Just look in the mirror, look who you are and that'll keep you away from, from doing all this. He looked at his, the Kuno Shalavav, he looked at where he comes from, not where he's at. And I think that's my message, gonna be my message in Or Yisak Yashabas. I talk to the boy, stop looking at where you're at because you're not at such a good place, some of you. And that's just push you into the ground. But look where you come from. You come from struggle. You come from, we're still here. No one else is still here. You come from Kedusha. You come from the, the Holocaust. You come from the Inquisition. You come from the Crusades. You come from Mitzrayim. You come from everything that we went through. And the Kedusha, the base of Migdash, the destruction of the base. Stop looking at where you're at. Because where you're at is not so good right now. Look where you come from. So what, did, what say, where Yosef was at almost destroyed him. Where he was at at that moment almost destroyed him. But when he saw where he came from, that's what saved him. He saw his name on the A4, on the Choshen, his name's gonna be erased on the Choshen. So he was able to go somewhere, that's also gave him Right, where he came from, where he's going, right. He, saw, right. he, he never looked back. He always he looked back for his father, for, to, to see his father, but he always knew that he's going somewhere. That's really what kept him going. What stopped it was the Kunal Shal Aviv. What stopped it is I am the I am the son of Yaakov. I'm the son of Jacob. I'm not some piece of schmutz with hanging out, chilling out with some woman. You know who I am? I don't have that pride. You know who I am? I'm a B'nai Yisrael. That's what we call ourselves. We don't call ourselves Yisrael. So we're looking at the B'nai with the children of Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu. So it's not Yisrael, it's B'nai, you know where I come from? I'm, I'm a prince. 
I'm not stop some piece of garbage. And he, you know, it's, it's a very interesting measure because she said to him, whatever, they were in bed together, whatever was going on, but she said to him, she had an avoid Zoro. He wanted her to bow down. He, she, he wanted to destroy her. She wanted to destroy him totally. So at the head of the bed, at the bottom of the bed, where the feet of the bed, there's a huge avoid Zoro. Mitzvah, we're very big into avoid Zoro. So she said, we can't do this in front of my holy avoid Zoro. So she got up, she took a sheet, she took a sheet and she covered it. She covered it. She didn't see what they're doing, what they're about to do. He jumped out of bed. He said, I'm out of here. Said, what happened? She goes, you don't have a big enough sheet to cover my God's face. says, He's everywhere. I'm out of here. She thought she's going to cover it. She's going to make it easier to do that. Later. When she covered it, he said, oh my God, you covered your God. I can't cover my God. There ain't no sheet big enough. I'm out of here. But she wrote, she says in the posse that um, she took his baguette and she put it next to her. And, and um, Chidot says the baguette is the chitzainiest. She couldn't grab onto his neshama, but she grabbed onto his, his beauty that he kept looking at, his chitzainiest. And she said that you ran away now, but she folded it and she said, till the master comes home, I'm going to keep it next to me. The master is Hashem. Till Mashiach comes, till the master comes home, the chitzainiest I own. Yitzhar says, I'll get to you. I can't get to your neshama. You can't touch your neshama. Your neshama is too holy. It would burn him. He can't touch a person's neshama. But he said, I'll get you through your guf. Through all the stuff. All the physical stuff. So he, when he ran, he left that. Because he realized, I can't fight her. If I'm going to be in my guf, I can't fight her. There's too much, of a, too much going on here. I can't fight her. So he left his guf by her. He left his kitsani. She said, I'm keeping this till the master comes home. That's what the Pasuk says. Until Mashiach comes, the Yitzhahara gets us through our physical bodies. How we can, how we can protect less, the less physical, the more spiritual you become, the less he has to grab onto. The more physical, the more you give him to grab onto. The less physical, the less he has to grab onto. <coughs> it was a war of the world. Did you read the Chadan this week? It was a war of the world. She could get him to do it. We were finished. The whole world was finished. The world would have cracked. Whole world would have cracked. We've been gone. Over. It's a hard world of one. Crazy war. Crazy war. Anyway, Baruch Hashem, we're here. And Kevin Rochel's still here. And Beersheva's still here. And we haven't found no fish and no, no other animal. So, there's Rat Hashem. Mashiach will be here very soon. And we'll see all the tzaddikim and Yetzirah Tzaddik and Yaakov Avinu. And um, whenever you feel that you're in trouble, think about where you come from, the Dikun HaShalav, how many tests we've gone through and how many wars we've gone through. And we're still here and that it'll give you the kayak to continue. Amen. Now you can, so now everybody, you can um, get out of your cars and go back to work and go back to making your kugel and your children. By the way, everyone tells me, the Wallstein, Ray Wallstein, I listen to you while I'm cooking, my children, my kugel, I'm making my challah. Nobody has ever sent me any food. <laughs> Nobody. Still waiting. Okay, that's lacha. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.